0: It's August 1st, it's Sunday, it's a a new day, it's a new week, it's a new month. Don't y'all like new? I always enjoy turning the page of the calendar and have a brand new page on the calendar, so to speak. And one of the things that God wants us to do is walk in newness of life. So let's be praying that God will help us to do so by transforming us by the renewing of our minds and helping us to be the disciples that he wants us to be. But what does it mean to be a disciple? During Vacation Bible School, we, we talked about Matthew 4.19. It says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So what we did every night is we had a competition. Sometimes boys versus girls, sometimes left versus right. One would shout out, follow me. The other would shout out, fish for men. And somebody suggested that I do it tonight. How many of you are at Vacation Bible School? Y'all ought to be able to do a good job at it. So we're going to start off. I'm going to say one, two, three. Y'all say, follow Jesus. And then I'll say one, two, three, fish for men. Are you ready? One, two, three. Not bad. One, two, three. I heard that. <laughs> we're gonna do it one more time. One, two, three. Oh, Jesus. One, two, three. Vacation Bible School kids were a lot louder than y'all. There are some marks of a disciple in John, and and to me, this is one of of the most compelling aspects of Scripture. Uh, as as we look at this, I think I think it's foundational to what we need to be as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ. A disciple is one who is a follower of Jesus Christ. We learn his word. We follow his ways. And when we think about discipleship, Jesus made it clear three things we need to be doing, three marks of a disciple. And the first one is found in John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. John 13 34 and 35, a new commandment, this is red letter, this is Jesus talking, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my what? My disciples, if you have love for one another. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So what's the first thing we need to do? We need to, one of the first marks of a disciple is loving one another. Now we think about the great commandment, and it's obvious that, that Jesus felt like it was a priority to love God, love one another. And and if we are disciples, that's exactly what we are going to do. Now, is loving one another a challenge? It is, because sometimes people around us are not very lovable. You know, they might say the same thing about us, that we're not very lovable too. But the reality is, whether people are lovable or not, we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to love our neighbor, we're supposed to love our Husband, wife, we're supposed to 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 love our enemies. We are lo- supposed to love everybody, are we not? And and it's important for us to recognize that we as Christians, as disciples, need to be characterized by love for one another. I'm blessed to be part of a church that I think they that y'all do love one another. There's some churches that seem to bicker and fight a lot, but I, as as I think about Catawba Baptist church, we don't agree on everything but when we disagree we disagree agreeably that's not easy to say but i think that we are characterized by love now can we grow in our love of course we can but i believe that we're a church that loves one another and we need to keep on doing so god's word is clear that if we are his disciples one of the marks is that we're going to be loving one another now, there are various portions of Scripture that go along with this. And I, I'm going to have just the, um, the, the reference up there on the screen because I know some of you like to write it down. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11 says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This portion of scripture talks about the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. The fact is we're sinners. We don't deserve to go to heaven. But Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And if we believe, then we can have everlasting life. We can go to heaven. Well, God loved us so much, he sent his son, John 3, 16. Romans 5, 8 says, God commended his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that great love? And just like he has loved us, we should be loving one another. Is it a challenge sometime? Certainly is, and that's why it's, it's so important to recognize that we can't love in our own strength. The only way we can love like we ought to love is through the Holy Spirit. In fact, Romans 5:5 5, 5 says, "The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. So we need to make it a priority as disciples to love. One another. And we know that love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And 1 Corinthians 13 goes on to talk about characteristics of love. This is the kind of love that we ought to have for one another. One of the marks of a disciple is loving one another. Galatians 5 13 and 14 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice that it says that we need to, through love, serve one another. Service is extremely important. I I, uh, had an interchange with Ronnie via text last night i I asked him a question he helped me out and i expressed my appreciation he said i'm glad to do it and i i i indicated him i encouraged him and i basically said you have a servant's heart and i think that's so important for us to have servant's heart that we are willing to look around us and try to understand the needs of people around us and seek to meet those needs jesus did that in john chapter 13 jesus washed the disciples feet you know why he did that they were dirty and it was it was common for a servant to do just that when they had a meal there was no servant to do it so Jesus he set an example for each and every one of us by washing the disciples feet and he said if you really want to be happy John 13:17 you need to do the same thing I just did i don't believe it means that we need to have foot washing ceremonies all the time i think it means that we need to meet the needs of people around us we need to serve we have opportunities to do that galore. Uh, here at, at the church, it could be serving in the nursery. It could be serving as an usher, as a deacon, a Sunday school teacher. Uh, we, we are in the middle of deacon nominations. And I would encourage you, if, if you are qualified to serve as a deacon, to really think and pray about it. And I would say that, that each and every one of you need to be thinking, look around you and see people who might be able and willing to serve as a deacon and nominate them. The information is on, on the website. I think there, there are forms out in the foyer as well, deacon nomination forms. That's such an important area uh, of ministry. And with our deacons, they, they look after widows and widowers. They, they serve the Lord's Supper. They serve in different ways. Most of them are involved in other ministries in the church. Uh, they pray and and we, we need to hold these people in honor, number one. Number two, we need to be praying for them. Number three, we need to nominate people that we think would do a good job of serving as deacon. But it's not just serving as a deacon. There's service in so many different ways. One of the ways that we can serve is in Catawba Kids Family Fest. That is a long name, is it not? Uh, but we are going to have a sort of a festival for for the the kids and the parents of those in the daycare and those in the church. Planning on getting together and having a good time. We're planning also on inviting them. Uh, We're planning on sharing the gospel. And this is a good opportunity for you to serve. Because through love, we serve one another. The easiest way, again, like I said during announcements, to To sign up is to just point your camera at the QR code on your bulletin. You can do the same thing on the website, just point your camera at the QR code and then just sign up on the form there, or there is a form in the foyer that you can use to sign up to help out with Catawba Kids Family Fest. If you want to, you can take an info card in the pew in front of you right now and just say, I'd be glad to help on August the 20th. Because we need to be loving one another. And if we love one another, then we should be willing to serve. Now, how do we know how to serve? How do we know what to do? Basically, that leads us into the next point. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.5 says, Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. In other words, how do we get to love? It's through the commandment. Romans 13, 10, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And Galatians 5, 14, again, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So as we spend time in God's word, it helps us to do a better job of loving. Does that make sense? As we spend time in God's word, it helps us to do a better job of loving. Of loving. Even the Ten Commandments are actually commandments which help us to love God and love one another. If you look at them, they're in two categories. The first four or so are love God, the next six or so are love your neighbor as yourself. Well, not only is the first mark of a disciple loving one another, the second one is abiding in the Word, which helps us to love one another. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my... What's the next word? Disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. Just like if we love one another, then people will know we're his disciples If we abide in his word, then we are his disciples. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? A disciple is one who studies under a master and who seeks to follow his example. So if we are studying under the Lord Jesus Christ, then we ought to abide in his word. The problem is that sometimes we have a tendency to make other people or other things priorities over spending time in God's word. Have you ever started to have your quiet time and all of a sudden the doorbell rang and your quiet time was just totally messed up? Now, I'm not saying if you're having your quiet time and the doorbell rings, you just forget them and don't answer the door. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you go ahead and talk to them and then go back and study the Word again. The problem is not as much doorbells as it is phone calls and text messages and Facebook and Internet news, and other things of that nature. Can't those distract you? How many of you tend to get distracted by things of that nature? Raise your hand. I see those honest people that are raising their hand. There are some of you that's not a problem. My dad had an iPhone, and he turned it in for a flip phone. He would much rather have a flip phone than than an iPhone. And some, some people, that does not distract. But for many of us, if we were honest, our focus is much more on social media than it is on the word of God. If we're the disciples of Jesus Christ, then one of the marks of a disciple is abiding in his word. We know from 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works. God's Word is inspired. God's Word is profitable. God's Word changes us. Therefore, we ought to be abiding in His Word. I think most of us theoretically would agree with that. But the problem is that sometimes our theory and our practice do not match. We know that it's important to spend time in God's Word, but we neglect to do so. One of the reasons God's Word is so important is is because the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12. And we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, according to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We give ourselves as as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. We're not conformed to this world, but instead we're transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove his good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I think that what we focus on is a lot of times what we are going to become. Uh, I I know that that, um, that I've got to be careful as as I choose things. Because some of y'all might do what I'm about to talk about. But probably there are not too many of you that are are passionate about sailing on the ocean. Are any of you passionate about sailing on the ocean? All right, I see that hand. He'll be okay. There are some who, who love to sail on the ocean. And so what they do is they get magazines that have to do with sailing they They focus on it they they read catalogues that talk about sailing equipment and so on like that. They just focus on sailing a good bit, which is more important sailing or God's word? That's an easy one because only one person raised their hand. God's word is more important than sailing, of course but but what is it that you're passionate about it It might be. Something else, it might be sports, it might be gardening, it might be nutrition, it, it, it might be something else. But my question is this, are we abiding in the Word as much as we abide in magazines and other things like that that deal with our passion? How passionate are we about the Word of God? If we really believe Scripture, then we need to spend much time in God's Word. We need to be like Ezra, Ezra 7.10. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and ordinances. So Ezra wanted, number one, to learn the Word of God, number two, to apply the Word of God to his own life, and then number three, to communicate it to others. Don't we need to do the same thing to learn, to apply, to communicate? Sometimes I say that there is a lack of people doing this in the church today, L-A-C. I know it's misspelled, but it might help us remember the fact that we need to learn to apply and communicate God's word. Makes all the difference in the world when we do that. I know that when I was growing up, that's one thing that my mother did she loved to learn god's word bunch of books read the bible all the time had devotions with us things of that nature a lot of times she would put us to sleep by having a devotional and then praying and she would pray and pray and pray and pray and we were respectful when people were praying she'd pray so long we'd fall asleep and it i think it made a difference in our lives I think I learned more about the Bible per se from my mom than I did from any school because the focus was on Scripture. And that's exactly what we need to do is to focus on Scripture, to learn it, and then to apply it. If we don't obey it, it's not going to do us any good. The Pharisees knew the Bible. Jesus was more critical of them than anybody else. Why? Because they knew it, but they did not do it. We need to learn, apply, and then communicate. I'll put it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. The things that you've learned from me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who will be able to teach also. What we need to do is to learn it, we need to teach it, and then what happens is that they learn it and they teach it. And then they learn it and they teach it. Learn, apply, and communicate. Abiding in the Word. Psalm 2 talks about, excuse me, Psalm 1, verse number 2 talks about our delight being in the law of the Lord and meditating in it every once in a while. Well, actually, that's not what it says. It says that we need to meditate in it day and night, abiding in the Word. So far, two marks of a disciple number one, loving one another, number two, abiding in the Word, and then number three, bearing much fruit. Take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. It's a portion of Scripture I've mentioned many times, John 15. And verse number 8 says this, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my what? My disciples. Isn't it interesting that basically Jesus says the mark of a disciple is first of all loving one another? This way everybody will know that you're a disciple. A mark of a disciple is abiding in the word or continuing in his word. Uh, that, that shows that we are disciples. And then here, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. But how do we bear much fruit? Back up about three verses to John 15:5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ, we're not going to bear much fruit. If we don't bear much fruit, God's not going to be glorified, and we're not going to evidently be His disciples. So, in order to be His disciples, basically what we need to do is we need to abide in Christ and bear much fruit. God will be glorified, and people will know that we are his disciples. So what's number three? Bear much fruit. We need to make sure that we're living in such a way that others, when they see us, recognize that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That makes sense, does it not? In God's word, it talks about different kinds of fruit. There's the fruit of the Spirit. That has to do with character. Galatians 5, and 23 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. This, this is the character of Jesus Christ made evident in us through the power of the Holy Spirit through an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. So there is the fruit of character. There's the fruit of, of, there's the fruit of conduct as well. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11 is a prayer request by Paul for the Philippians. He says this, I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Fruits of righteousness. It ought to affect the way that we live, our conduct. And then there's the fruit of convert. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, the way that we live our lives and what we say ought to make a difference on the lives of other people. We need to be able to influence them in a positive way for Jesus Christ, <clears throat> bearing much fruit. Three marks of the disciple. What's number one? It starts with L, loving one another. Number two, abiding in his word. Number three, bearing much fruit. <clears throat> now, I know some of you get tired of me talking about RTI. You know what RTI is? Relationship transformation, impact. Let's look at number one, loving one another. What would that be? Relationship. It relates to the great commandment. When Jesus was asked a question, what's the greatest commandment? He said, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. One of the marks of the disciple, loving one another, has to do with relationships. And it was made clear in 1 John that basically we're not going to love our neighbor unless we're loving God. And if we say we're loving God, then we ought to be loving our neighbor. So relationship is very important, the great commandment. Uh, It's vertical and horizontal, relationship with God and relationship with one another. You know where I'm going for the next one, don't you? Uh, Abiding in the word, what would that be? transformation. Because when we abide in the Word, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. As we spend time in God's Word, we learn, we grow, we understand more what Jesus was like and, and, and how to be filled with the Spirit and things of that nature. And we are changed to become more like Jesus Christ. The Great Commission says that we need to make disciples by going, that's evangelism, by baptizing, that's assimilation, and by Teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have taught you. Not just teaching them so they can know, but teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you. So as we abide in God's word, as we learn God's word, then we can apply it. We are transformed. We become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. So loving one another, that's relationship. Abiding in his word, that's transformation. And then finally, bearing much fruit, that's impact. Makes sense. We think about the fruit of character, the fruit of conduct, the fruit of converts. As we think about influencing people for Jesus Christ, as we think about serving one another, we can make an impact for Jesus Christ. Is there somebody that made an impact on your life? Might have been a Sunday school teacher, might have been a parent, might have been a coach, might have been somebody else. They made a difference in your life. In a similar way, we can make a difference in the lives of others. God can use us. I call this the great challenge. The challenge because many of us are not involved in service. Uh, many of us are spectators. We have, we have what is called spectatoritis. We sit in the pews, we watch, but we don't get involved in ministry. But God wants each and every one of us to be involved in ministry as part of his body. He He wants to equip us as his saints to do the work of ministry so that we can make an impact for him. I really believe that these are very important truths. I mean, Jesus basically said, if you want to know what a disciple is all about, this is what it is. You need to love one another. You need to abide in my word. You need to bear much fruit. You need to focus on relationship, transformation, and impact. And as a result, God will be honored and God will be glorified. You know, as as we think about that, our response ought to be this. Number one, Lord, I love you. That's relationship, is it not? Lord, I love you. And I want to keep your commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments, Jesus says. And one of his commandments is to love one another. So, Lord, I love you and I want to love one another. Number two, Lord, change me. As I abide in your word, transform me by the renewing of my mind. And number three, Lord, use me. Help me to bear much fruit. Help me to make a difference in the lives of others for your honor and for your glory. I believe if we put these into practice, then we will evidently be His disciples indeed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for Your Word and what it means to us. Lord, I pray that we might not be content with being mediocre Christians, but that we might be intent on being Your disciples, loving one another, abiding in Your Word, and bearing much fruit. Lord, help us to focus on relationship, transformation, and impact. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.